Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Pentecost Sunday is where we celebrate. We, what we're doing on Pentecost Sunday is we're really celebrating the outpour, what the Bible calls the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And, um, and it's a powerful thing. And uh, I really think we need to celebrate Pentecost Sunday every day. Um, because how many know we need the Holy Spirit every moment of every day, every moment of our life, and then some? Because uh, how many know we wouldn't survive without the Holy Spirit? How many depend on the Holy Spirit in your life every moment of every day? And, uh, and I want to encourage you, make it something that you don't just celebrate on Pentecost Sunday. Make Him something, the Holy Spirit, something that you celebrate every day and you invite afresh into your life every day. And it's a powerful thing. But as I was looking at that story and, and looking at the story of Acts and, and what God did, um, it, I just felt like God began to speak to me about this, this terminology or this phrase that we often use in church. When we talk about God moving, we refer to God moving as, as being the touch the touch of God. Have you heard that before in church? Maybe you, you know, will come out of a powerful service and, and God will, will move or you'll feel something and you say, well, that was, there, was a, there was a powerful touch on that service. Or maybe you'll hear a song. Someone will sing, sing a powerful song. It won't be me because I can't sing. I couldn't hold a note in a bucket, but Pastor Jabin can sing and, and my wife can sing. And, and so see, that's what us non-musicians do is we just surround ourselves with musicians. That's what we learn to do. Um, but you know, they'll sing a powerful song and, and it'll be awesome. And you'll say, wow, there was a real touch on that song. And it's a terminology that we use a lot. And the reason why I bring it up today of all days on Pentecost Sunday, because that's really what happened in the upper room on the day of Pentecost was God actually reached out His hand from heaven and touched a group of people. And there was an outpouring, what we know as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but it came because of a touch of God. And I want to talk about something today that I think is incredibly powerful in our life. And I want to preach on the hand of God in our life. The hand of God. If you look at Scripture and you go through, um, you you can study it and you can look up. Regardless of what version you look at, the hand of God is mentioned all throughout Scripture. It refers to the hand of God. Ezekiel, who's known as one of the great, really the great prophets of God, who God would download incredible revelation and incredible vision into his life. At the very start of Ezekiel, it says that the hand of God brought Ezekiel to a certain place. And it says his hand came upon, it says the hand of God came upon Ezekiel and it wasn't until the hand of God came upon Ezekiel and then after that Ezekiel began to see these visions after the hand of God had come upon him. It's a powerful, powerful thing when we think about the the significance of the hand of God upon our life. Joshua said when they crossed over the Jordan and Joshua, we know the story, he said to them, God said to Joshua, said, I want you to set up these these stones, these memorial stones as a, as a, as, as a way in remembering what God had done. And God worded it like this. He said, I want you to set up these stones to remember and to remind people that my hand was upon you. My hand was upon you and upon my people as you cross over the Jordan. You can look at it 
All throughout Scripture, um, Daniel reminded the people and he said to them in Daniel 5.25, in fact, he said, the God who holds, he says, he holds your breath in his hand. And if you look at Scripture and you go through it, you'll see these are just a few examples. You'll see, but it's in fact all throughout Scripture, the importance and the significance of the hand of God. And what was so powerful about this as I started to study this and I began to look at it and I'm not gonna preach for long, but I wanna show you some things in regard to the hand of God. But the first thing I wanna point out to you about the hand of God, I found it in Isaiah 45 verse 11. And it says this, are you still with me? Good, because I mean, we only just started. So if I lost you already, we're, we're struggling, but... It says here in Isaiah 45, verse 11, that says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Look at this. He says, concerning the work of my hands, God says to us, you command me. Now think about that for a moment. This is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who has all power, all authority. The Bible talks about His power. It says His power is hidden in His hands. And God is saying to us, He says, regarding the work of my hands, regarding what my hands do on earth, God says to us, I want you as my people to command my hands. That's a powerful thought when you think about that for your life. That means you have the authority. That word commands means to commission. You have the authority. God has given you the authority to commission the very hands of the powerful God that we serve and read about to be released upon your life, upon your family, upon your business and upon every area of your life. Guess what? He has put it in your hands. And this is something that we've got to understand and we've got to get a revelation of. That's why prayer is so powerful. When you're praying, you're not just throwing up pretty little phrases because it feels nice. What you're doing is you're commissioning the hand of God to come upon your life. When you pray for healing, you're commissioning the healing power of Jesus Christ to come upon your physical body. When you command the hand of God over your family, the hand of God over your children, the hand of God over over your business, you are releasing the supernatural hand of God. God will respond when you command His hand to move. It's a powerful thing when we realise that. That's why it's so important when we understand the authority that we carry as Christians. That's why it's so important to understand the Bible says there's life and death. The power of life and death are in the tongue. That's why we've got to be careful what we speak and what we say. I want to declare great things over my life. I want to declare the hand of God over my life. I want to declare the hand of God over my situation, the hand of God over my family. And I understand what's happening when I'm doing it. It's not just a catch cry or a pretty little phrase when I say, God, I release your hand over my life. I want to tell you, heaven responds when you speak. And when you speak, not just heaven responds, the Bible says hell responds as well. And you have to understand when you speak out of your mouth and you declare the hand of God over your life, heaven is activated over your life and God will stretch out from heaven and touch your life and touch your family. But you've got to understand the power that you have in commissioning the hand of God. Are you with me? Good. I want to go through these few things real quickly as I began looking at these different verses. 
I started seeing these different themes and started finding these different things that kept coming up when it would talk about the hand of God. So what I want to do is I want to give you five things because five things represent the five fingers of God. See how that see how I worked that out for you? It's because I'm incredibly intelligent. And, and, and what I'm going to talk about is the five things that you find in the hand of God. So then when you, when you leave here and you commission the hand of God, you know what you're releasing. And when you commission the hand of God, I want you to know what it is that you're releasing over your life. So you know what you're praying for. The first thing that we find in the hand of God, in, in His hand, is His provision for our life. His hand is His provision. They all start with P again because I'm incredibly intelligent. His hand is His provision. In 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, it says, And Jabez called on God of Israel, on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Bless me and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. When you pray and you release the hand of God upon your life, what you're doing is you are releasing the miracle working hand of God to release provision upon your life. But let me tell you something. There are, understand when we pray for this and we pray for provision and God to move supernaturally in our finances. And that's something we, we cheer about and we get excited. I mean, who doesn't want that? You know, it's cool. It's great to walk in blessing. But understand that we have to understand that the Bible also talks about diligence. The Bible says that the hand of the diligent shall rule. And what often happens is we have too many Christians that want to believe in supernatural blessing, but they don't want to do any work in the natural. They don't want to operate in any diligence. They don't want to work hard. They don't want to get off their own. You know, I don't know what's what you're allowed to call it here and what you're not, but I get away with certain things in Australia that I won't hear, so I won't go there. But, you know, people just chill and saying, well, I'm waiting for the check to show up and I'm waiting for the position and I'm waiting for God to bless me. I'm waiting for God to pour out. I wanna tell you something, God honours diligence and you gotta activate, you gotta make a decision. You know what? I'm gonna be someone that's disciplined, someone that applies myself, someone that works, someone that's diligent. And when you do that, you give God something to touch. God will not touch a lazy person. Come on, all the lazy people said. God won't. <laughs> Some of you are like, whoa, hang on, where are you? But it's true, too often we see it and we see people make it so spiritual and while well, I'm waiting for God to bless my finances, guess what? You gotta get up every day and go to work with a great attitude. Get up every day, go to work motivated, go to work, be disciplined, be the hardest worker and God will see it and God will say, you know what? That looks like something that I can touch. And then if you are motivated and you're diligent and you work hard and you apply these principles that He talks about in His Word, He will touch it and He will do something that's supernatural. God wants to pour out supernatural blessing upon your life, but He's looking for something that He can touch and He will not touch laziness. He will not honour it. You've got to be someone that works. I'm reminded of the story that I heard that was talked about, about the little boy that went 
and a little boy was with his mum in the store and, and I heard Pastor Jensen say this story and he was with his mum in the store and, they, and they, she'd bought what she wanted to buy in the store and they went up to pay for it and, and the little boy's beside his mum and they go up to the counter and on the counter there's a, there's a big bowl of candy that they have for, for customers to take some, some you know, candy if they want some and, and, and the little boy's there and he's looking at the bowl of candy, you know, wide-eyed and the, the big store attendant there, the man behind the counter's there and he looks at the little boy and says, do you want some candy, and the boy says, "Yes, please." And and the man says, "Well, you put your you know put your hands in, and whatever you can hold in your hands, you can have." And and the little boy got all excited, but he just stood there; he didn't do anything. And and the mother looked at the little boy and said, "Did you hear him? You can have whatever you can hold." And and the little boy still just stood there. And, and the store owner looked at him and said, "Well, go on, take. Do you not want it?" And he said, "Yes, please. I would love it." And the store owner just stood there and it was this awkward moment and the kid didn't do anything. And then finally the store owner just reached in the bowl with his own hands and grabbed two big handfuls and, and reached out and gave it to the little boy and he put his T-shirt out and put all the candy in his T-shirt and the little boy walked out with all the candy in his T-shirt and he's grinning from ear to ear. And the mother looked at him once they got outside the store and she looked at him and said, why didn't you, didn't you hear what he said? You could have taken it earlier. Why didn't you put your hands in and take whatever you could handle? And the little boy looked up at the mum with his T-shirt full of candy and said, because the store owner's hands are bigger than my hands. I want to tell you something. You need to know that you serve a big God. And when God makes a decision that He's going to pour out blessing upon your life, it's pressed down, it's shaken together, it's running over, it's bigger than you could possibly imagine. But when you make a decision to apply yourself, make a decision to be diligent. Remember, the hand of the diligent will rule. There's principles in that. And you release God to move in your life. Psalms 8 verse 3, it says, When I consider, David said, When I consider the heavens, it says, The heavens, the work of your fingers. Think about this. The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Think about this. God put the stars in place just with His fingers. What can He do in your life when His hand comes on your life? If He can do the stars and the moon and create the heavens with His fingers, I want to tell you, He can do something powerful in your life with His hand. When His hand comes upon your life, you need to get ready for supernatural things to happen in your life and a great level of blessing. The second thing, are you still with me? That's a good thing. The second thing that happens when His hand comes upon you, when His hand is upon you, His hand represents His presence. His hand is His presence. His hand coming upon your life is a reminder that God is there. How many times we go through things and what we need is we know God's there, but we just need that reminder, I'm with you. That reminder that you're not alone. That reminder that I know it's difficult. I know you're walking through something. I know you're going through a challenge. I know you're going through a trial. But if you ask God and you commission His hand upon your life, you'll sense the touch of the hand of God. I've been in situations before. I've been in difficult times before and in challenging times before. And I remember going through different challenging times in my life and, and feeling like I'm up against it and, and feeling like I don't know what to do and just saying to God quietly, Lord, I need you. And then you just sense the hand of God come upon you. You just sense the peace of God. Anyone been in a situation where there's craziness and turmoil, but in a moment when you ask God and you commit, 
permission, His hand upon you. It'll be a touch that comes upon you just in a moment. It's almost like the still small voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here, I'm with you. I got you in this. You're not going at this alone. You're not doing it alone. In Psalm 139 verse 7, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. How many are grateful for the presence of God? You know, the presence of God, He goes, he goes with you. Don't you love the fact that I love coming into services where there's a presence of God. But you know what I love greater is sometimes if I'm just driving in the car and you feel like you're up against it and you say, Lord, I just need your touch. And you ask for the hand of God and God will come upon that car. And you can be just driving to work and driving through something or going through a challenge or going through something in your life and the touch of God can come upon you. And in a moment, the situation might not change. There might be craziness all around you, but in just a moment of the touch of the presence of God, you can sense a peace, sense a calmness, sense of joy in that situation. I'm telling you, that's the hand of God coming upon your life. His hand is a reminder of His presence in our life. I love this story of 2 Kings. It's a well-known story, but in 2 Kings 13, 14, it says Elisha, who's the prophet, Elisha had become sick with illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the turrets of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, he said, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on the bow. And Elisha, who was the prophet, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it and Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. This is a powerful picture. And I think it's a powerful reminder of God's heart for us that when we're going through, understand he was a king at the time. He was operating in what kings did. Kings went to war and, and what the, the prophet said, I want you to take this bow and I want you to take this arrow. And it was actually a symbolic thing. And he, and he drew it back and he said, I want you to point it out. And it actually says he shot it. And it says, but before he shot it, the, the, the man of God, Elisha, came over and put his hands over the king's hands. And I read that and that says to me a picture of what God's hands do for us. That in when we're just in the day to day of life, just doing what we have to do. How many know that sometimes we just need God to come and put His hands on what we're doing. That's what you need in your workplace, God's hands upon your hands. In your family, as you're raising your children, as you're being the best wife you can be, the best husband you can be. It's that reminder that His hands are on your hands. It's that reminder that I'm here. That reminder that you're not doing it alone. The presence of God is with you. I'm here. My hand is upon your life. The other thing that happens, the other thing that we find or that happens in His hands is in His hands is His power. In His hands is the power of God. When you commission as we read at the start, we're told to commission the hand of God. Do you understand when you speak that out of your mouth and you say, God, I commission, 
I call down your hand upon my life. Do you understand that when you do that, you are releasing the supernatural power of God to come upon your life. You're not releasing a natural thing. You're not releasing just a warm, fuzzy feeling. You're not releasing just a moment. You're not just releasing something in the natural. What you're doing is you're calling down all heaven to come upon your life. You're calling down the supernatural power of God to be activated in and through your life. Exodus 15 verse 6, it says, Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. I want to tell you, some of you are going through challenges and going through things. And maybe it's not even challenges. Maybe just walking through what God has called you to do. But I want to tell you that the calling upon your life is not a natural calling. The destiny that is upon your life is not a natural destiny. You're not going to do it on your own. What God has put in your heart to do, you're not going to accomplish it in the natural. You need the supernatural hand of God to come upon your life and activate something not in the natural, but something in the supernatural. When God spoke to Moses in Exodus 3.19, before they came to, to, to come out of the, the, the um, Egyptian bondage and, and, and come out of Pharaoh and God is talking to Moses and he's speaking to Moses about heading out to bring his people out. And God says to him, but I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not even by a mighty hand. When he's talking about a mighty hand, he's talking about a natural hand. As God's saying to Moses, when you go and do what I'm telling you to do, even with a mighty hand, it's still not going to shift. You can try everything in the natural. It's not going to happen. You can try and be the greatest leader. You can try and persuade Him. You can try and push. You can try and strive. But God says, even with a mighty hand, even with a strong natural hand, it's still not going to shift. And then He goes on and He says in verse 20, So God says, So I, I will stretch out my hand. And struck Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, then He will let you go. That's God saying to him, what I've called you to do and the destiny that I have upon your life, you're not going to be able to do with a mighty hand of your own. But don't worry, if you commission my hand, then my hand will come upon it. And my hand is a supernatural hand and it'll shift something supernaturally. Some of you are facing things in your family and you're getting frustrated and, and you're getting and it's getting hard and there's a weight in it. You're facing things perhaps in your business and, and you can't seem to shift it and you're striving and pushing and, and doing everything you can in the natural, but it's still not shifting. What do you need to do in that moment? In that moment, that's where you need to pray and commission the supernatural hand of God. You gotta commit it. You gotta take your hands off it so he can put his hands on it. And when his hands come on it, I wanna tell you natural things shift that wouldn't normally shift. Supernatural things begin to happen that you would not be able to orchestrate if you tried God's supernatural hand to come upon it and shift things. That's why we believe in this church. We believe strongly in the, what we call in church, the laying on of hands. If you don't go to church, that just sounds weird. People are like, I don't want you to touch me. What are you talking about? What we're doing is when someone, we say you can come forward for prayer and someone will lay one of our prayer team or one of our pastors will lay their, their hand upon you. 
What does that mean? Is that means it's it's symbolic of releasing when we lay our hands upon you. We're not doing it in our strength. We're not saying, well, you know, there's something powerful about me. There's something powerful about what's on me. No, no, no. What's powerful is not what's on us, but what's in us. And when we reach out our hand, what we're doing is we say, I'm praying for you now and I'm releasing the supernatural power of a living God who we believe still works miracles today. And I'm releasing that supernatural power from within me through my hand to upon you that it would touch you your physical body and transform your situation. It's the power of God. I was talking with a businessman this week and I heard this awesome testimony. A businessman that's in our church comes along and close friend of ours and planted in our church and and he works in the area of finances and, and managing people's finances. And he had a gentleman come into his office recently and the gentleman came into his office and, and, and said, I need, to, uh, I need to meet with you because I need to get my finances in order. And this gentleman in our church said, you know, absolutely, let's meet and let's chat. So they, they sit down and chat and begin to talk about his finances. And the gentleman said to, to this businessman, he said, I need to get them in order because I've had a, um, I've had a diagnosis. They found a tumour on my brain. And I have had a diagnosis over my life from the doctor that is terminal. So as a result, that's why I'm here. I'm here to get my my affairs in order, to get my finances in order. And this businessman that goes to our church said to him, once they'd finished meeting, he said to him, listen, I don't mean to be forward, but do you mind if I could pray for you? Come on, that stirred my heart when I heard that. This is what we need in Orange County. We need Christians that are crazy enough to believe that what we carry, not in a weird way, not forcing it on people, not making people uncomfortable, but people that are crazy enough to believe that the God that we read about in Scripture is alive today, living inside of me. And if I step out in faith, maybe He'll do something that bypasses the natural and do something supernatural. And so he said to him, do you mind if I pray for you? And, and he just gathered a couple of friends there that were in the office that were believers as well. And he just reached out his hand. And he just reached out the hand and he prayed over this gentleman, not a crazy, weird, shunda baba necessarily prayer, but just pray for him. And I mean, if that's what you want to do and they let you do it in the workplace, awesome. But how many know some workplaces won't allow that and you'll find yourself praying for a job the next week if you do it. But, but listen, if you're allowed to or whatever, go for it. But, but he was in a workplace and he just prayed real quickly, Lord, I pray that you would touch him. I release the hand of God upon his life. Church, I want to tell you, I got a text message this week. I didn't know, I didn't hear about this testimony. He didn't tell me that first part of it. All I got this week was a text message that had two photos on it. I didn't know what I was looking at until he sent me the following text message to follow up and explain what I was looking at. That the text message that I looked at that I have on my phone is a photo of two brain scans. The first one is a brain scan with a tumour on it. The second one is a brain scan with no tumour on it. I want to tell you something. When the supernatural power of God breaks out, God is a God of miracles. This gentleman came back to his office and said, will you lead me to Jesus? Because I'm looking here right now at two brain scans. One where there's a tumour in the place and the other where the tumour is gone. Do you believe in the supernatural power of God to do a work and do miracles in your life? When you commission the hand of God, you commission the supernatural power of God, which is the hand of healing. 
And you can make a decision even right now. And you can, you, you, when, you, when we speak something like that, you've got a decision to make. You know what? I'm going to grab that. I'm going to grab a hold of that for my life. Or you can say, oh, I don't know about that. Because how many know we can, people, you, you have the, you can believe or you cannot. You can make a decision that, well, I don't know, I'm just going to be, maybe, maybe, maybe the pastor's not telling us all the facts. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe it wasn't a, you ever heard this talk in church? And maybe, maybe not. Maybe Listen, I made a decision a long time ago. I'm going to be someone that's just, I'm just going to be a believer. I'm going to be someone that just believes that God does miracles. I'm going to be someone that just reaches up every time I hear a testimony. Every time I hear it say, you know what? If that's, for, I'm taking that, some of that for me. I receive that for me. I receive that for my life. I receive that for my family. He's a God of miracles and His hand is powerful. And He has the power to shift situations. He can shift things in your family that you would take years to work through. He can shift things in your life. I've seen people go for years and years and I I understand that the process of counselling. My mum's a psychologist. I grew up seeing that. I understand the process of healing that people go through. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that process. It's not that 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 process is not ungodly or unspiritual at all. God can do that. God will sometimes use, let me say this, medication is not ungodly. Medication is not unspiritual. We have people that think that and preach that. Listen, God sometimes will use medication to bring people to some stability and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no harm in that. God will sometimes use that. He'll sometimes use a counsellor. He'll sometimes use a psychologist. But let me tell you this, He doesn't have to. Every now and then God might just reach out and touch you with His supernatural power of God. He might bypass a medication, bypass a pill, bypass a psychologist, bypass a social worker, bypass a psychiatrist and say, you know what, I'm just going to release my miracle working power and set them free in just a moment. Is there anyone that believes in the supernatural power of God in our lives? He's a powerful God. He's able He's able to do it. Just real quickly as I keep going, well, I won't be for much longer, I promise. The, the fourth thing is found in His hand. Is in, in His hand is His protection. When you pray and you commission the hand of God upon your life, you're commissioning the protection, covering over your life, covering over your family, covering over your children. Your children might be going crazy, parents. They might be... Running in the world, they might be running from running from God. They might be out in the world. Maybe you think, well, I don't even know what they're doing. I don't know what's going on. Listen, you don't have to know necessarily. All you need to do is commission the hand of God, the hand of God upon their life. I remember going. I remember taking uh, taking off in my dad's car one night. I must have been nineteen and and crazy. And I remember driving my dad's car and. And, and uh, going through, a, through an intersection, I lost control and I ploughed the car. At, I mean, it must have been 80 kilometres an hour, which is, I don't know what that is in miles. We'll work it out later. But I remember driving this thing, going fast enough to do some damage, I'll tell you that. And, and I drove head on into a, into a telephone pole, into a power pole and wrapped the car around the power pole. And I got knocked unconscious and, and, and trapped in the car and I couldn't get out of the car. And 
And I want to tell you, I remember when I did that, I remember hitting, I came to and, and, uh, and I couldn't get out of the car and I was, I was wedged in the car and I cut up my legs and cut up my head and hurt my neck and done all this stuff. And I remember in that moment, I remember saying, God, I said it verbally out of my mouth. I said, God, you've got to get me out of here. It's so funny that no matter how far your kids run from God, they always know where to go when trouble hits. But I want to tell you, I think of stories, I think of things like that. I had a, I had a severe bike accident as well. I, I look at, you know, my family, my, my little sister, who's, who's they've been here before and sung here before. And they attend Hillsong in, in Sydney and, and love the Lord. And they've got a little baby now. I remember when she was diagnosed with a condition and they said she won't live past the age of five. But one of the reason why I'm saying these different things is I've seen that the importance and the power of praying and commissioning the hand of God over your family. It's a powerful thing when you do that. You pray over your children. You pray, God, I pray the hand of God protection. We do it as a team. We pray over each one of you as a covering over this campus. We pray and we commission the supernatural hand of God over your marriages, the supernatural protection, because you have to understand your destiny is a threat to hell. And I'm not trying to make it sound super spiritual and try and make you scared, but you have to understand when you wake up in the morning and you begin to make a decision, you know what? I'm going to live for God. You are a threat to hell and hell does not want you doing that. And hell is going to try and come against it. And it's not that we have to be fearful and worried about it and make it something that is super spiritual and weird. But listen, I'm not going to be ignorant enough to just think that the enemy is just going to lay back and just let me go about my life and let me go about and raise our children to serve the Lord and, and love my wife and have a marriage that serves and honours God. Do you think the enemy's just going to let that happen? You've got to make a decision. You've got to understand that the enemy is out for you. That's why you have to pray for the hand of protection over your life and over your family, over your marriage, over your children. His hand is a hand of protection. And lastly, real quickly, and the keys can come. I'm going to wrap this up. But the last thing is his hand. In his hand is his positioning. In his hand, when you release the hand of God upon your life and you commission the hand of God, what God does is God positions you through his hand. He puts you where he wants you to be at the right time. He sets you up into your destiny. He brings the right people across your path. He keeps the wrong people away. He brings the right, the kingdom connections across your path. He, he does, there's a positioning that takes place when the hand of God comes upon us. Anyone experienced in their life the supernatural positioning of God? I've seen God do it through my life. I was sharing in the other services. I've seen God position me really I feel like God has always I feel like God I look back across my life and, and, and I see God has always had his hand on me and some of you perhaps you look back over your life and think of the things that you got involved in and the, the mistakes we've made and the dumb things we've done and the, the crazy situations I mean you know you know the stuff you don't tell anyone that part of your testimony you know what I mean we have our testimony in categories, don't we? We've got the part of the testimony that we share, then we've got the part, let's keep that. 
I'm talking about that stuff. When you look back over it now and you see all the moments and you see, wow, God's hand was upon me. The hand of God, because of His faithfulness and because of His goodness, His hand was upon me. I'm telling you, it's powerful when God positions you. I remember finishing, you know, high school. I remember finishing school and, you know, I got a, I got a, a position doing, I, I was going to do um, occupational therapy, what they call occupational therapy. And uh, almost like physio, a similar thing to that. But I was going to do that and I got that, that position in, in college. And then I decided, I was all over the place at that point, but I decided I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to take a year off and, and, and pretty much just travel and, and surf and I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that's, that's what I did. And then, and then I started, I got a job doing, doing plumber's labouring. Some of you don't even know what that is, plumber's labourer. And uh, it just means basically you get paid a couple of dollars an hour to dig holes. That was it. And I remember I was working. I remember I got this position out in this, this tiny, tiny little town of about 10,000 people out in the middle of nowhere in outback Australia. I mean, you, you, like you think Australia is a long way away. This was a long way away in a place that is a long way away. Think about that. There's 20 million people in the whole of Australia. There's more people in the, in the Orange County, LA area than there is in the whole nation of Australia. To give you an idea, America has, I think it's 310, something about 310 million people in America. 20 million people in Australia. And there I am digging holes in outback Australia as a plumber's labourer. And I fell away from God and I wasn't living for God. I wasn't a bad person. I was just messed up. I just, I was lost and, and I was caught in sin and, and I wasn't living right and, and I was broken and I was hurting and I was bitter toward God and I was, I was lost. Digging holes. Not knowing what my future looked like, feeling like the call of God had gone off my life. I'd heard people talk about in church about the call of God and people had said to me, you know, when I was even in, in youth ministry as a kid, you know, there's a call of God on you and, and you'll preach and, and, you know, whatever it was and they'd say things. And, but then I fell away from God and so here I am out in the middle of nowhere digging sewer trenches with a shovel and I remember I would go home and I was so, I was so lost and I was so hurt and I, I found it so difficult to get any peace. That that's where I, you know, I started to drink just at home by myself every night just to get to a place of peace. I mean, it's one thing when you're drinking, going crazy, partying. It's another thing when you're drinking at home by yourself just to get peace. And, I, and the reason why I tell you all that is to help you understand a perspective because when I made a decision to give my life to Jesus and I said, Lord, I give my heart to You. And I asked when, when I did that, God's hand came upon my life. 
And I remember God, just little bit by little bit, I remember going along, I started going along to a church in Melbourne, Australia called Planet Shakers. I remember I went along to this church and I just wanted to help, help Him wherever I could and be a part of it. I never thought for a second that, that being in the middle, I never thought that it would, it would come to this. I never thought it was just being in church and being there, but then God, God is doing a work in His hand and He's positioning me. And then I go in the youth ministry and I'm helping out in the youth ministry. And then eventually as the years go past and eventually become the youth pastor, I get, you know, and the whole time throughout the journey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I, you know, I came from digging sewer trenches and now I'm leading the youth ministry. And, but you know what I would do every single time I would get up to speak in, a, in the youth ministry or every time I'd, I'd just say, God, I release your hand that you would touch me. That you would even, I, I pray it every time still because I cannot do it without the touch and the hand of God. And there I am doing this, this youth, youth ministry and Planet Shakers. And the years go past and Planet Shakers puts on a conference and senior pastor at Planet Shakers feels like he wants to invite Pastor Jensen Franklin to come to Planet Shakers and preach. So he rings Pastor Jensen, who's in Georgia, and talks to him and says, listen, will you come and preach? And he says, yeah, I'll go and preach. And he's gonna come. The plan is for him to come to Australia with, with Pastor Sharice. But then last minute she couldn't go. So he says to Caressa, do you wanna go to Australia? She's like, heck no, that's 14 hour flight away. What do I wanna do that for? Didn't you? She didn't wanna go. She's like, I don't wanna go there. She's a, she's a 19 year old girl just still finding a call of God, still, you know, on her journey as well. But how many know when God's hand, God will start positioning things. And then God's hands upon me and He's brought me from there to Planet Shakers and God's hands upon Caressa and He's putting Caressa and He says, no, no, you're going with Pastor Jensen, you're going with Jensen. I'm sending you to Australia and Caressa flies out to Australia and, and we meet in a green room and oh, the sparks, they flew. <laughs> and then we get connected. Well, they must have flown. I mean, look, I'm two years down the track, something happened, hello. But what I'm saying is the positioning and now I sit here and now we're here and we're in Orange County. And I'm preaching, preaching about Jesus. And I'm looking at a forward promo for a conference that's happening in Georgia that I, that I get the, the honour to speak at. And I sit there and I think, how in the heck? 
I thought, I look at my life and I think, see, what's great about God's positioning is when God positions you to where He wants you at the timing He wants you to be there. When you get there, you stand and you look around and you think, how in the heck did I get here? And then all you can do is look up and say, if it was not for the hand of God upon my life, if it was not for the positioning of God upon my life, we wouldn't be where we are today. You would not be here if it was not for the hand of God. If Is there anyone here that needs to give God some glory? Because as you look over your life, God was orchestrating things and He was positioning things and He was keeping you away from those wrong people and connecting you with the right people and causing doors to close over here and causing doors to open over here. I want to tell you something happens when you say, God, I release Your supernatural power of Your hand upon my life. Would You position me where You want me to be and what You've called me to do? Right across this place, I want You to stand. All across this place, I want You to raise Thank You for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.